Welcome to the Defenders Podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. Tammy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tammy, you sound a bit odd, as we said. You sound like you got a bit of a cold. Yeah, just yeah, a little bit of cold. Uh, yeah, I, I was up real late uh, with the election, and uh, I think I got a virus called Trumpita, so uh, <laughs> pray for me. Thank you. I think it's uh, very catching. I think um, most of the planet has Trumpitas by now. Now, I should say, I should introduce uh, you properly. Uh, it is the, as some people might say, the Wilson Fisk to uh, Tammy's Vanessa Fisk, because Tammy couldn't be here today. It's Dan! <laughs> I'm going to give you yeah, claps, Dan. I'm kind of doing a bit where I'm Tammy. She oh, okay, sorry, notes, sorry. So okay, it's Tammy, it's Tammy, guys. If I could just Tammy. be Tammy, please. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Tammy. Uh, Tammy's in stealth mode. <laughs> well, she's in st- she's away again this week, and people are going to start believing that she is like pursuing her rap career because you know she ventured a rap career and then disappeared for two weeks. So, hmm, interesting. Hey, Suckers need bodyguards, right? <laughs> Suckers need bodyguards. And you just heard our very special guest for this week. It's Nutty. Yay! Hello. Thank for- thank you for having me on yet again. You're more than welcome. We love having you on. And uh, as the lone um, person not living in North America, I will say to my listeners, I've just been giving condolences to the rest of the people on the episode today. And I'm going to give condolences to all our listeners for now having an orange buffoon as the president of the United States. A puffed up Cheeto. A puffed up Cheeto, exactly. A, uh, a what's it, as we say um, in England, which is a English crisp or chip, as you guys say. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I was like, wait, isn't that a Muppet? Um, a what's it's like a, a Cheeto, but like fat. <laughs> so imagine like a, a Cheeto that's been puffed up with air. Oh. Actually, that, yeah, 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 that's the, kind the of, puffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cheese puffs. Yeah, cheese puffs. Yeah, there we go. A cheese puffers president. There we go. Cheesy poofs. Both are full of hot air. Yes. Anyway, so this week we're discussing episode six of luke cage suckers need bodyguards i will uh before i go to uh tammy our music uh, expert i will say nutty our lovely guest have you watched any of the rest of the series or are you only watching up to episode I, six along with us i stopped at six <gasps> your willpower is strong yes but i've been a bit behind so it's you know it wasn't too much of a struggle it just meant that i've been watching the crown instead of luke cage Oh, I've seen two episodes of The Crown. It's very it good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that they got Prince Philip saying things that he shouldn't say to people abroad. Spot on oh. in episode two. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think that Matt Smith uh, plays him so well. He does. He makes it, him very charming. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. And John Lithgow as uh, Churchill is amazing. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yep, yeah. John, yep, John Lithgow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now it I want it sounds this. wrong, but it's so right. I think he's oh, playing well, Churchill well. in something else as well, I read, but I don't know what it was. Hmm. But I read this is the second time he's played Churchill, but I don't know. Maybe what? in like, theatre or something. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he's I very just good. can't picture it. Anyways. <laughs> he's delightful. Mm. Um, so, uh, I, I know you sent us feedback a few weeks ago, Nutty, saying you were really enjoying the show, so we shall have yes, to wait and see if you enjoyed this episode as much as the previous episodes. Yeah. I, I still say that Jessica Jones is my top of uh, the, the Defenders mm-hmm. uh, shows so far, but this just feels so realistic. 
Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah. I know I said it in my feedback. It just, it, you know, take away the fact that he has unbreakable skin. And this is just like any other drama, except realistic. Yeah. It's yeah. the wire set in Harlem. Um, yeah. So, Tammy. Yes. <laughs> uh, before we go into the rest of the episode, can you tell us anything about Suckers Need Bodyguards, uh, the name of this episode, and also the name of the song uh, by Gangstar? Yeah, so uh, Suckers Need Bodyguards. Uh, I'm high strung, but don't mistake me when I smile. I murder an entire rap chart with my freestyle. After the killing, just like Casper, I'm ghost. So to me, this is like Cottonmouth talking. And now this next piece is like Scarf. It could be uh, Luke as well saying, I'm ghost, because he says I'm ghost in this episode. Oh, yeah, could could be, could be. Uh, so uh, fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the street without a bodyguard. <laughs> I hate fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the street without a bodyguard. Yeah. That's so yeah. <laughs> um, and then also just some other uh, fun. Um, do do you want some more fun um, music uh, facts? Absolutely. Uh, I know. I know you yes. work very hard on them, Tammy. So absolutely. I do. I always do. Yeah. So on um, the song at the end, from the time uh, Scarf dies, uh, spoiler alert, um, all the way through <laughs> Cottonmouth's arrest is uh, people make the world go round by the stylistics. Mm-hmm. Um. They use Tom Bell as their producer, who also produced another large 60s, 70s R&B soul group, the Delphonics, whom I absolutely love. Um, their other stylistic songs I know is Break Up Just to Make Up. Love this song. Uh, basically, this kind of music is what my dad played while I grew up. And he still when does. When you were a little girl. Uh, when I was a little girl, and, yep. and now as a grown woman, he um, still plays it in, in his 1950s Chevy um, while the other kids are playing their their Kanye West, he's yeah. playing a uh, old R and B soul, uh, usually led by a male lead with a high falsetto voice. And now I'm listening to the stylistics at work when I was uh, writing this uh, nice. Google Doc. Nice. I'm nice. pretty sure one of the stylistics. It must be this one. I'm pretty sure one appears on the Luke Cage soundtrack, like that was released. But I, I it must be this one. I'm. I think it does. Anyway, yeah. But it's a pretty cool song at the end. Um, cool. Okay. So I've got a couple of bits of news. Nothing really, really massive because obviously other stuff's been happening this week. Um, but the first bit is there was an interview with Charlie Cox in the last um, week in which he said that in season one of Daredevil, when they started filming, he actually went um, uh, and had his, um, oh, what's the people who study eyes? I don't know. I don't wear glasses. That's it. Optometrist. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. And he went to an optometrist who made him lenses that were the exact color of his eyes, but he couldn't see through. And he wore them for a couple of days on set, which meant that he was actually blind because he thought this will be easy. I don't have to act. (laughs) But the problem was (laughs) after every take, one of the sets, people had to like lead him to help him everywhere and sit down. And after day two, it got very old. So they kind of got rid of that. Um, Well, I just thought that was funny. And he said he's also really championing for Bullseye to show up in the show. Um, However, a couple of his co-stars aren't that keen for Bullseye to show up in the show because Bullseye has a tendency to kill a lot of characters very close to Daredevil in the comics. So obviously the actors playing those characters want to stay employed um, so they're like, no, 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 we don't want Bullseye to show up. But he really, really wants to go up against Bullseye in a future season. 
which mm. would be awesome. Um, also, in another bit of news, I think I mentioned to you guys about the amazing uh, vinyl release um, that Mondo did of the Luke Cage soundtrack, which is really pretty and beautiful and gorgeous, and I must own it. Um, they've announced as well that they will be doing uh, vinyl releases of the um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones soundtracks which look really pretty as well. As far as I know, they don't have any songs on them, so Luke Cage 1 does have songs, because it's music, the songs aren't as important, I don't think, in those two shows, but uh, they look really, really pretty, and I will hunt them down somehow. Uh, also, Funko have confirmed that they are finally going to be releasing Jessica Jones' uh, pop Funko figures. It's about time, so I think there's going to be a Jessica Jones, a Luke Cage from the show, and a Luke Cage from uh, the comics, so with the tiara and the yellow shirt and everything. <laughs> um, so they look really cute. So, yeah. So something for everyone to put on their Christmas lists for Santa. Burn! Burn all the Funko Pop figures. <laughs> they just look ugly. Oh, well, not I, even I just the really... ones that have little wobbly heads? Oh. <laughs> He hates all of them. Every time we go in a comic book store, he's like, blah, the word. They take, they take up like three, like a third of every store now. They do, and yeah. They're just, they're just horrible. I work next to a, <laughs> but, the, the shop next to my shop is a, a gadget store that kind of sells, you know, stuff you'd, you'd buy for bored dads. It's like a dad porn mm-hmm. store. Um, and they've got like an entire wall of Funko Pops. And it's just like, Why? Because they're such a hot seller, that's yeah. why. Well, I they have a little She-Hulk right next so to me, successful. like right now, who's adorable. This is why Trump won. Oh, speaking about that, in the, the shop people. next to me, actually, a woman apparently <laughs> went in about a month ago. The guy who works in there was telling me a woman went in there a month ago, spent um, like fifteen ninety nine or however much it is on a, a pop Funko of Trump, and then in front of him took it out the box and stamped on it and destroyed it. She spent fifteen ninety nine just to destroy Trump in her mind. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but the only problem with that is then he gets a portion of that. I know, but there is also a Bernie Sanders uh, uh, pop Funko, which is adorable, <laughs> that I kind of want to buy because it's so cute. That's going a little crazy, I think. Um, I... My big problem with them, I, I love them. That I I have a couple of very cool ones, like uh, Captain Phasma is very cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, my issue is that uh, for some reason, once they started getting popular, the female figures got really, really tiny bodies. Yep. And, and tiny feet. Over. Yes. Yeah. And they won't stand up. That's why I like my She-Hulk because she has like quite big feet, so she's quite sturdy. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting yeah. on my desk. Um, and also looking up. I mean, I have quite a lot because I've been bought quite a few but looking up like above me i actually have five funkos of matt murdoch slash daredevil all the ones that are available there's five different ones available of just him uh, like also, i've also got pennywise like, and some other ones did you like the matt murdoch that mel ran into i did yes we should say if you're on the um the facebook page you would see that mel recently ran into matt murdoch at which convention was it it was at hellcon uh, the halifax uh Convention. He looked really cool. I know. Well, I saw him, and I was. I turned around. And I was like, "Hey, Matt Murdock," and he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, we're like, we need to have a picture with this guy because he looks too awesome. So, like, Can we have a picture with you? <laughs> yeah. Also, Mel had straightened her hair and looked adorable. And Mel and Matt also dressed up one of the days, and they both looked adorable. 
<laughs> it was pretty fun. <laughs> I, as I said on Facebook, the cuteness was killing me. I was like, I can't handle the cuteness. <laughs> okay, so this uh, episode we're discussing today is episode 106 of Luke Cage, Suckers Need Bodyguards. Uh, just a reminder for anyone who's listening to this episode and they've never listened to our episodes before, first of all, that's really weird. Like, go back and listen to the rest of our episodes. <laughs> but if you're listening to this one randomly, we do spoil the shit out of the podcast. Uh, of, out of the podcast, out of the episode and the show. And also, I am the only one um, out of the host that has seen the entire se- season of Luke Cage, whereas my my lovely newbie co-hosts, Matt Mel and Tammy, have only seen up to this episode. So, just you to remind of the I, format. I, 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 I just, I'm just going to put a suggestion out there, Claire. What mm-hmm. if we recorded about seven episodes um, <laughs> a week? Because so uh, I just don't want to get spoiled. Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, I only work (laughs) part-time. Perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'll I'll bring it to the board, the Defenders podcast board that I I am in charge of. Because it (laughs) is literally killing me, and my husband Dan is always like, let's watch another one, and I'm like, shut up, you little dick. And anyways, (laughs) we're going to therapy. I will also (laughs) mention, I did uh, mention this on on Facebook, but... um, uh, as listeners may know, my mum and dad have watched uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, both seasons of Daredevil. They have now started watching Luke Cage. Um, my dad is really enjoying it. My mum, I, th- I think, took a while to get into it. But that might be because when she suggested we watch the first episode when I was around the house, she called it Nicolas Cage and not Luke Cage. <laughs> and every woman that came on screen, she was like, is that the nurse? Is that the nurse? And I was like, do you mean Rosario Dawson? <laughs> No! No, it's not! <laughs> so, yeah, my mum's a bit confused at the moment about uh, about her show, Nicolas Cage. Uh, anyway. So, we... Uh, so, this episode was written by Nathan Louis Jackson and directed by Sam Miller. Quick synopsis is... After Cottonmouth and Scarf's bloody clash, Luke realises that saving the community may turn former allies into enemies and enemies into allies which I didn't really understand that description, but okay. Um, So we begin the episode straight after credits. We open to um, Luke having a little jog around Harlem while there's a certain person on the uh, radio talking. Did you guys recognize this voice immediately? Yes. Yay. I was so excited. I I screamed when she started talking. I was very excited. Um, And we get people phoning up, obviously, to talk about Luke um, but it's kind of nice. It places, obviously, uh, her based in Hell's Kitchen, we guess, or around the area, talking about the the north of um, of the city, and it just places it all in the same universe. I thought it was a really cool little little thing to to have. Yeah, it uh, looks getting famous. That's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. But, um, but the the fake banter was killing. Oh, uh, I was <laughs> on the <laughs> between uh, Trish and the guests. Yeah. Oh my god! It was, like, <laughs> it was just like a, like a, they were like a bunch of cartoons talking to each other. <laughs> mm. I can just imagine I you like yelling at the screen. Yeah, no, I wasn't yelling, but I was kind of annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> There's but a really like... oh gone. Oh sorry, that was probably like the only thing that annoyed me during this episode. So Ooh. spoilers for Mel's writing. Yeah. There's a, a really weird shot around this point. I don't know if you guys noticed it. I don't know if it's just because I pay so much attention to the episodes. 
But we get this wide shot of um, the city while the sun's setting, which is just after kind of Trish stops talking, I think. And it's sped up because you can tell because of the, the cars in it. But there's smoke coming from the top of the tall buildings. And because of the sun coming through it, it looks like the city's on fire. I know. That was Did cool. you see that? It was such yeah. a beautiful shot. And for a minute, I was like, wait, is, is the city on fire? What the hell? So I rewound yeah. it. It was such a cool shot. I loved it. Just the way the lighting just made it look like that. And the fact that it was so quick. So, I, yeah, that was my random uh, thing I spotted in this episode. Yeah, that um, was really cool. Yeah, so Cottonmouth uh, meets up with Scarf near the docks, and this is where Scarf obviously tries to get an extra 100,000 out of Cottonmouth, and it doesn't really go well for him. Were you what were you happy thinking? at this, Mel? I, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys happy Mel? at this? Because I know you guys haven't always liked Scarf that much. Mm, I like him, and I, I like him all right. I mean, he's kind of a fun character, I guess. He's a scumbag. I'm fine with him getting shot, uh, especially when he's trying to scam Cottonmouth. Hey, that's what you get, buddy. <laughs> at, at the end of the last episode, I thought he was going to, like, flip. I thought mm-hmm. he was flipping on Cottonmouth and was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We need to stop this. And I was getting really excited. And then he tries to fleece Cottonmouth, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you even thinking? Like... What did he think was going to happen? Yeah. We've, <laughs> That's we've exactly seen what how a, you get yourself shot. We've seen what a short temper Cottonmouth has as well. Like, he, the, you always see this, like, rage bubbling under the surface with mm-hmm. him. And, like, we saw him snap when he killed um, Coco, you know, for saying about, like, the stuff he'd been reading and the fact that he just killed Tone. And, like, yeah, exactly. Of course he's going to snap. So, yeah, I, I even, don't know what Even if it thinking. wasn't... Even if it wasn't somebody short-tempered like Cottonmouth, that's what a crime boss would do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's somebody's paying you to be a dirty cop, and then you decide at their most crucial moment to tell them that they have to give you a hundred thousand dollars. I don't care who they are; they're gonna kill you. Yeah, I honestly don't think like that. Scarf cared that much, though. No. <laughs> yeah. No, like you know, like he. He, like, as we find out in this episode, he lost his son from, yeah. you know, by his own fault. So obviously yeah. he's not going to give a shit whether someone kills him or not. He hates himself already. <laughs> what, was, what was with the scene last last time of him, like, deciding not to call Cottonmouth when he just ended up calling Cottonmouth in this episode? Uh, I yeah. think maybe he was just biding his... I mean, after watching this episode, I took it that he was biding his time and thinking about it and then he'd obviously decided to do this plan of trying to get more money but i don't know that's just how i took it from that scene last week um i don't know really i quite like the idea that like mel said he just didn't care you know he's whether he admits it or not he's kind of um maybe like the killing of chico sort of put him over the edge because it was this young kid Maybe he's not mm-hmm. had to kill anyone before for, you know, like for Cottonmouth, like with his you know, hands on. He sort of says later that like, the info he's got on Cottonmouth is all about kind of charges he's made disappear. So maybe that's the first time he's had to uh, kill someone and it's sort of the last straw from him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would make him a more well, redemptive I, character, I guess, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I could kind of see it as like. He's thinking either I make a really big score and I get out of here 
or I'm dead and I don't have to live with myself anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or both. Yeah, or both. Yeah. <laughs> the little right. might just be complete self-destructive behavior. What was he thinking? He wasn't. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because, you know, we learn a little bit more about him later in the episode. And obviously, yeah. you know, he's a sad dude. So he's kind of like, ah, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> what happened to your Tammy voice? <laughs> you know, it's fun. <laughs> if you, if Tammy, you, you, you know, need a I mean, well, no, it's Tammy if every five, <clears throat> five minutes it's uh, a mention of how hot Luke Cage is, you know. Well, I was going to mention uh, it, it would be really nice with the Funko Pop that they really get that bulge, uh, <laughs> you know, that dick bulge, real, real nice. But the thing about it is, it'll be so large that he won't be able to stand. Like uh, now, just the, the female. Uh, You'll yeah. need extra big feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what they say about big feet? Am I right? Am I right, ladies? I am. Funko's listening, taking note. They're uh, changing their prototype as we speak. <laughs> Like, oh, this is good feedback. Hmm. <laughs> um, Big so- bulge, okay. <laughs> They're gonna have to do the same for large-breasted figurines. Oh, Just dear. enlarge their feet. If they if they base yeah. them on any like Scott Campbell illustrations, they'll just be toppling over like anything. Because oh, as we discussed, like some like his recent one cover. That he did? Which one? Did you see the new uh, cover that he did for Iron Man? Scott uh, Campbell? The run of Riri with, uh, with like, like the same kind of cheesecake pose he does for everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, he did, he did a new one, though. Did he? Oh, I haven't seen yes. it. I have to and check it, it looks, out. It looks pretty awesome, I think. I don't know if you guys have seen it. the one that, um, is it Frank Cho, the artist, did as a gift for, um, oh, what's his name? Nutty, you might know. Uh, the guy who did the Spider Woman one, where her back was basically broken, Man- Manolo. Do you know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah, it's something with an M, I think. Um, I can't yeah, his the, name. The... but Frank Frank Cho, I think his name is, did a uh, a drawing as like a present to him, and it was a Spider Woman, and you can literally see everything through her costume. And when I say everything, I mean you can see her butthole and her Ew. and her yeah. labia, Hang and on. it's like. Uh, why? Yeah. Why? Why? It's, it's it's yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, it's it's horrible. And they're just kind Matt, of congratulating each other, you know, for being horrible, horrible. Matt just sent you the the cover, the new cover. Ooh, I'm gonna have a quick look. Same artist, new new picture. Yeah. Oh well, already it looks better. Yes, I, I can know, see because right? she actually looks like she's 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also like like super cute. He also didn't lighten her skin like he did last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's cute. Okay, you know what? I I like that cover. I like mm-hmm. that cover a lot. It's nice, right? Yeah. yeah did, it's you, cute. did you see the old one? Yeah. yeah the old one's pretty okay. bad. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely horrible. And the old one yeah, was was basically like a, like a cookie cutter of all of his covers, you know, his covers are very samey. He can draw one thing seemingly yeah. over and over again, which is um, cheesecake, you know, typical cheesecake pose, but it's like showing, you know, female characters showing the the butt and the boobs at the same time, because, you know, that's how we all stand. Um, <laughs> when I stand, I make sure I'm showing my butt and my boobs. And, you know, that's why I now have, a, I have to wear a back brace. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, but that cover's super cute. I know, I like it. Oh, more of that, please, Mr. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. 
So I was really happy in the next scene of the episode because Mariah's back and I love her. Um, and she's talking to this reporter regarding the new Harlem Renaissance she's doing. This is when Luke approaches her. And like you were saying, Matt, he's kind of famous now. And in this bit, he's he just doesn't even care about approaching her and basically threatening her. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to shut you down. Goodbye. You know, he's like not scared at all about being found out. And we find out later it's because... You know, once uh, Cottonmouth and her have been taken down, Luke's planning on disappearing. But I was quite surprised at that. I feel like Mariah is kind of sick in a way because she keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. Gonna make Harlem. Gonna, we're gonna make Harlem great again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make Harlem great again. Yeah. Yeah. She should have a ball cap that says that. <laughs> <laughs> as, oh, hurry up. as this episode went on. And it, it's it's like a sensation I had for a while watching this. But as this episode goes on, every time I saw Mariah, I'm like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Because I really feel we're going to find out that Cottonmouth is the easy one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That Mariah is the one to be afraid of. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely yeah. more going on with Mariah. And I like that we we get these, these sort of insights into her uh, in this episode, like the bit. Uh, skipping ahead where she is like um uh, you know almost yelling at that photo of her grandmother of mama mabel um yeah it's so great whereas you've got Cottonmouth who is always like seething with rage and just explodes he's got such a short fuse whereas mariah i think is a slow burn much more mm-hmm. although like she does the- kind of explode later i like that this episode was really focused on like a bunch of like badass women like mm-hmm. it was all yes. like been kind of running the show and i thought that was kind of interesting yeah even though it's like a show it's a show about a guy that is you know uh impenetrable but then you're focusing on all these like interesting women characters which is yeah it's cool yeah and it was neat because there were different types of yeah. women that were strong like they were all strong in their own ways uh you know from mariah to claire to claire's mom um mm-hmm it was it was fascinating to me, and I, I agree. Um, I think yeah. her mum's name is Soledad. I think we find that out. Yes, Soledad. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if they'd mentioned it so far in an episode, so I keep calling her Claire's mum. But I was I'm pretty sure from watching it, it's Soledad. So I'm going to That's call her awesome Soledad name. now. Um, I I um something I that was pointed out on the Defenders TV podcast, our, our friends over on that podcast. Um, I forgot to mention. Um, I think last week is they they pointed out the fact that Luke seems to surround himself by much by or with much older people as his his friends as his confidants mm-hmm. which I like because we see in this episode he's got Bobby Fish before that he had pops uh, even when he was in prison he had squabbles there seems to be like a recurring thing it's quite interesting that he that's what he seems to do, particularly if they decide to explore the friendship um, from the comics between Luke Cage and Danny Rand, a.k.a. Iron Fist, because they've cast a much younger actor playing Iron Fist. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be interesting. And he's also got Connie as well, obviously, Genghis Connie, who's sort of now a, a friend and a confidant as, of his as well. Uh, speaking of Bobby, uh, Bobby and Luke meet in the diner to discuss the future of Pops. And this is when uh, Luke says that as soon as Cottonmouth's arrested, uh, he's a ghost, he's going to disappear and we get the discussion about why doesn't he use a mask? Wear a mask. <laughs> and th- I don't know. I don't know what it is. This reminded me of. I mean, there's there's so many things like where 
you know, superheroes wear masks and it really doesn't disguise who they are. But mm-hmm. it reminded me of the movie Steel, if you guys have seen that, where no, Shaquille O'Neal, who plays Steel, decides to wear a mask to disguise who he is. And there's no way you can disguise who he is. It's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> He's like 11 foot tall. <laughs> He's the only black guy in the entire movie. Like, everyone would know it's him. Yeah. And also, even if you put a mask on Mike Coulter, you can't hide that body. Am I right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. Mold. <laughs> also, also, there's not that many heroes who wear masks in the live-action Marvel exactly, universe. Exactly, yeah. 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 It's yeah. pretty much um, only, what, Iron Man, because he I, has to, and Daredevil. Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man, yeah. 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 Spider-Man. Claire, you remind me of uh, the the texts from superheroes. And oh, Jessica yeah. Jones texting uh, Daredevil, and he's like, what, what, what do you mean? What makes you think I'm Matt Murdock? <laughs> You're the only buff blind guy in Hell's Kitchen? The only buff blind guy anyway. Uh, oh yeah, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not, and also she's a private investigator as well, you know. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> well, well, I don't know if we'll see Iron Fist wearing a mask as well, when obviously when that show comes out, because it would make sense for him to, because he has an identity to, to hide, so I have to wait and see. So uh, in the in Holland's Paradise, Mariah is chastising Cottonmouth for shooting Scarf, and this is when she sort of says that she refuses to be dragged down with him, uh, and then um, he basically says it doesn't matter because Zip and the boys are currently picking up the guns to give to Domingo that night, um, and Cottonmouth is so proud that he refuses to follow her advice, and this is where obviously they listen to the podcast because Mariah asks if Luke has gills, and I was like, yes, we've established he has on the podcast. <laughs> she's but, um, so awesome too. She's, she's just this like moment drown is him. so great. Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. And like you said, she's so she's scary in this moment. She's basically because yeah. she's always like you know she doesn't get involved in this side. You know she just loans the money, but she's clean. She's the clean cut one of the family, but she's like burn him, drown him, poison him, find whatever is his weakness and, and squeeze it. And he says to her that she sounds like Mama Mabel. And this is why they cast someone as awesome as Alfred Woodard for this part. Yes. Because we are going to see her just explode in this role. I love that woman so much, by the way. She's, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I've, think, I've been a fan for years. I don't think he can be burned. We know that. No. I'm sure, I'm sure he could be poisoned or drowned, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of poison. poison. I don't know. They're going to throw him in a volcano. He's going to rise from the ashes. Like a <laughs> <laughs> he could be suffocated, I would think. Uh, he could be He could be poisoned if it's, as long as it uh, gets into the bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, so if it's absorbed through the intestine, the, the poison would work. But you'd have um, to, you, how would you poison? You'd have to give it orally or. Yeah. Jab him yeah. in the eye. Like, or a suppository. Yeah. You couldn't, yeah, oh my god! You couldn't throw a bunch of snakes at him or anything. No, no. Well, you could. It just wouldn't be very effective. But yes, yeah. I want I want to see someone give Luke a suppository now. Of poison. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's already fan fiction about that. We don't need to get that. Oh my god. Oh, if that's ever happened in the comics, let us know, guys. Oh. Um, wow. So, um, meanwhile, Perez is at the precinct and he gets a call from Cottonmouth regarding Scarf, um, uh, who gives Perez instructions, but we don't really hear them. 
I uh, just wanted to mention two of the signs in the background of this scene because I, for some reason, like paying attention to the signs. Just like the ones, um, my favourite one still, which is in Daredevil, in Josie's, which said, uh, puppies for sale, they are ugly, but they are cheap, <laughs> which is my favourite <laughs> sign ever. <laughs> um, but there was two uh, in this scene. One was, warning, retaliation is illegal, which I thought was kind of cool because it's kind of um, commenting on of what's sort of happening in the series of um, don't, you know, don't go up against the police. And then the other one, because we have this whole storyline with the corrupt police officers, the other one said crime is down in this town. Thanks to the dedicated work of uh, New York city detectives, greatest detectives in the world, which I thought was kind of funny when we're in an episode where (laughs) there's just um, corruption throughout the entire police department. Uh, So yeah, good, good on you set sets decorators. They, they always do a good job. Uh, I know this wasn't. I know this wasn't a part of the set, but Matt and I noticed. Mm-hmm. Was it this like store called like Vape World or what was it? Mm-hmm. it was like, we have a store in my town called Vape World. <laughs> we have so many vape stores in my town. It's insane. The yeah, store next to mine that sells Funkos is also a vape store, and we will always know when the guy is outside having a smoke because a cloud will go past the front of our store and we'll inhale and be like. Mmm, apple crumble today, because <laughs> every day has a different smell. <laughs> it's insane. Oh my god, sorry, but that store sounds amazing. It's <laughs> like a mishmash of the weirdest stuff. They do, they have the weirdest stuff. The other day I walked in and um, one of the guys had like a, a fake like samurai sword umbrella thing that he was just wielding. Um, also they have another store that's across the road because the other store across the road is a costume store or like a party store and um, in the gadget store that's next to us they sell things like the little drones that you can fly around one of the guys in the costume store is a friend of mine found out I'm scared of clowns and he keeps threatening to put a clown mask on a drone and fly it into my store when I'm working one day (laughs) to scare the crap out of me I know I have to tell you we saw a guy at Halcon. He was dressed as Pennywise. I almost shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> See, that wouldn't bother me. Terrifying. Pennywise is adorable. I love him. If it's the Tim it Curry Pennywise. <laughs> I would have run up and squeed and hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> it was the scariest thing I've, I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I have my Pennywise uh, Funko on my shelf and he's hiding behind my, my ones of Mulder and Scully that were bought for me. Um, thus thus <laughs> confirming that Pennywise is the ultimate villain in X-Files as my theory is <laughs> he's everywhere <laughs> he's everywhere he's right behind you now Nutty ah! he's like Sam. yeah I know he's giving me a massage it's all good Ooh, <laughs> sexy clown massage mm. <laughs> anyway so <laughs> Uh, Luke and Bobby are still in the diner um, and uh, Soledad has called Claire to tell her that Luke was there I'm assuming it was kind of like Oh, that guy that possibly has superpowers is here. And hey, you want to be a super, super powered person nurse? Why don't you go and talk to him? I'm assuming that's how that phone call went. Um, and Luke doesn't remember her. Bobby kind of leaves because he's like, oh, these two are kind of flirting. Bobby um, is the ultimate wingman right here, by the way. So is. It's amazing. Because he gets her name and he gets her name for Luke so that Luke doesn't have to be too embarrassed about mm-hmm. not knowing her name. Yeah. This was still the most awkward I've ever seen Luke. Yeah. He's like, oh, crap, a girl. <laughs> Can I say as well, I don't know what it was, but 
Mike Coulter looked so handsome in that grey jumper, I'm just saying. In this scene, I was like, oh, he looks really dreamy. Don't you agree, Tammy? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so dreamy. Um, so Luke gets even more uncomfortable in this scene once Claire's kind of like, why are you hiding your abilities? What are you going to do with them? And he's like, uh, goodbye. <laughs> but when he walked away in this scene, his uh, <laughs> I noticed his butt, but not in the way that you think I would notice his butt. I was like, wow, like, it looks like he's, like, trying to hold in a poop or something. His butt looked like he was squeezing his butt cheeks together or something. Wow. <laughs> you know, he was walking kind of tight. Okay, Mal, what's yeah. going on with you? What? You want to see him get a suppository. You're thinking that he can't poop. Maybe what's that's why on? he's squeezing his butt cheeks so he can't be given a suppository. Maybe, yeah. Oh, that makes sense now. Yeah, he's like, no, I can't be poisoned because I'm squeezing my butt cheeks really hard. <laughs> Only out, no in. Oh, I oh. like that this is now canon. He has gills as well. Oh, wow. So Claire follows him out, which is going to be, is very lucky because of a giant coincidence that happens later in the episode. Also, is, he didn't pay, did he? I think Bobby paid. Yeah, Bobby, yeah, Bobby paid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bobby's paying for, like, everyone as well. He's just like, oh. Well, it's not like Luke drinks coffee anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, Bobby, Bobby's going to be in debt by the end of this series. He's well, he's probably using chairs, that money that Luke stole, food. you know, in the yeah. episode. Like, he's using Cottonmouth's money. Yeah. Um, I so, suppose. Me, <laughs> so, back at the precinct, uh, the captain addresses the rumors about Scarf being crooked and stresses that they need to find him alive. This whole time, Perez is staring at Misty like a creep. Um, and then he and the captain quiz Misty about Scarf, but she's still defending him. Uh, and then Perez and Misty are teamed up by the captain to go and find Scarf. Oh my god, I love the captain. She's, she's so awesome! Yeah. I love she's her. Another strong it. woman. Yep. Yes. And I don't know her from The Wire. A lot of people are really excited because she's from yeah. The Wire, which I never, I only saw a couple of episodes of it. But yeah, I love this actress. I think she's amazing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah she's awesome. Um, so Luke and Claire walk into Pops, the door's unlocked, and they follow a little blood trail that leads to injured Scarf. And I put, oh, it's so convenient that Claire is there and is a, a trauma nurse. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the things I didn't like about this episode. It's just a bit too convenient that she just happens to have followed him back and Scarf happens to have gone there. I don't know. I'm just a bit like, mm. Yeah, it didn't bother me too much. I was I was too engrossed in everything to to worry too much. Yeah, it's good. It's good seeing Claire doing what she does best anyway and being like, you know, bossing people around so she can treat treat the wound. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she did say that that's what she wants to do. Like specifically, yeah. I want to be a nurse for superheroes, basically. <laughs> yeah. Which... I want to be the night nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in uh, the precinct, oh, no, not in the precinct, sorry, in Scarf's apartment, Misty is uh, using her Will Graham skills and watching, quote, you know, in air quotes, uh, watching Scarf in his house, pottering around, uh, and Perez is not impressed. And we find out a bit why Misty is so observant. It's because she used to love Where's Waldo, <laughs> which I will say is called Where's Wally in the UK, not Where's Waldo. Thank you very oh. much. Now that I know, I can put myself through detective school by just like <laughs> getting a bunch of Where's Waldo books from the library and yeah, studying absolutely. them real hard. Yeah. So you need. <laughs> Here's the thing. 
she she's this great detective, but they didn't look for any loose floorboards. Really? Mm-hmm. That's like where everybody stashes stuff in floorboards. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She just takes like detective one hundred and one. Yes. Wow. What was that vision of scarf useful for? I think it was just, just like, him pottering around in his house. Yeah, like, it's, like, I don't oh, it's the end of the day. I'm gonna come home and watch TV, and she's like, "Mm-hmm, very useful information." <laughs> so that's, that's where he sits when he watches. I don't know, Judge Judy. But I, what I thought was funny was that she was looking at a picture, and he's like, "Oh, what are the? Is the picture talking to you?" And this is like the second time this happens, or the first time this happens mm-hmm. is this, where a picture mm-hmm. is just talking to someone. Yeah. What is yeah. up with talking pictures? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, a brand new thing that um, that is uh, is going to come up a lot in the rest of the series now, or not maybe. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, Scarf, we find out had a son called Earl, Earl Scarf, who uh, <laughs> sorry, um, who is sadly dead because he accidentally shot himself with Scarf's gun because Scarf forgot to lock it, which oh, that's horrible. That's mm-hmm. really horrible. Mm-hmm. And then Misty makes the point that Scarf cracks jokes a lot, but he rarely smiles. Yeah, that's really sad. It's so Which, sad. by the way, can that was my favorite line. That that line, like, just slammed me, and I had to hit pause. And I turned to my husband. And I'm like, that because it just it was so profound. Mm-hmm. He jokes a lot, but he never smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to say, he didn't just not lock it up, but he left it loaded and unlocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Even more frustrating in New York City. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can assume. Yeah. I don't know if he was like a single father or something, but I mean, yeah. We can assume that maybe his, you know, his marriage his fell through after that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Well, and he yeah. was probably, I assuming, a cop at the time, and it's like you don't know gun safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I, I'm guessing it's it's kind of like um, uh, firefighters. That you know don't have smoke detectors up. I mean, it happens so often. Yeah. You get so blasé about stuff, but really, no, no, that no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say this though, but with smoke detect- detectors, they're a little flawed. So it's like you know the the videos that some of these firefighters see when they're going through the fire academy is you see all this smoke and the fire start to engulf this whole room before the actual alarm goes off. So it is, it's not a, a, a best system. So I think that's why firefighters are a little bit more lax. Uh, no, it's, but it's more than that. I mean, like, firefighters, they they do all sorts of things that are such fire risks because they're the ones that jump into the fire. They're not worried about preventing them, mm. in mm. my experience. I think it's, like, the same with, you know, a lot of your, your jobs. So if you're dealing with something, you kind of can become a bit blasé to, mm-hmm. to it. Uh, I will point out, my mum and dad's house, someone could sneeze in their house and the fire alarm would go off. Because <laughs> it's, I don't know what, if it's like the most advanced fire alarm in the world, but that thing goes off every time I'm at their house. So they're, <laughs> I think, completely safe from fire. My, my husband I think the cat could fart me. and the fire alarm would go off. My, <laughs> it's maybe it's husband... a carbon monoxide, uh, or no, a methane detector. <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, my husband always teases me saying that I put too many uh, fire extinguishers and smoke detectors around and that I'm a little crazy about it. But I grew up in a, a house with a lot of people, so yeah, I, I, I got the fire safety thing down. 
And I've mm-hmm. and I have been scared of like fire and stuff ever since I watched Backdraft as a kid. There you go. I was like, oh, fire's alive. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. Um, so Mariah is. This is the the moment where she's having a drink, and she picks up the photo of Mama Mabel, and yells, "Shut it!" and calls her a dusty old bitch. Mm-hmm. So hmm, yeah, yeah, she seems yeah. to be cracking a bit. Did that happen in a different voice? Uh, I didn't notice. It almost sounded like a different voice. I thought the photo was speaking at first. <laughs> I did as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you think that she's like, kind of like, thinks that she's Mama Mabel? I don't know. As maybe. well as, huh. Mm, maybe. maybe she's having a psychotic break. She might be. Um, or it's just... You know the the whole her whole family history, like the reporter brings up later, um, is kind of pressing. It's, it's almost like she's fighting destiny. She feels because it feels like she's destined to follow in the footsteps of Mama Mabel, where she's actually in her mind trying to do something good for the neighborhood. I I have to wonder um, the uh, I don't know the comic so well. Um, mm-hmm. So like Mama Mabel, uh, Black Mariah, like is 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 there a possibility of like this whole two personality thing going on for Black Mariah? I mean, are we going to see Mama Mabel manifest herself in Black Mariah or something? Black Mariah I, thinking... in the show is very very different from the comics. Mm-hmm. In the in the comics, she's just kind of this really morbidly obese mm-hmm. woman. <laughs> like I, um, she's nothing like she is in the in the show i don't really know that much about her. i remember we did a bit of uh, i did some easter eggs on her in the pilot when we did the first episode i think but um mm. so really they could go any way they want with this character because they're really just using her by name uh, in the comments okay. her and cottonmouth as well aren't related so they could really do whatever they want with her character okay she's a very loose adaptation all right yeah <laughs> nutty's like now i have even more questions <laughs> yeah Uh, so Claire manages to remove the bullet that's in Scarf's thigh but she can't remove the bullet that's in his side Um, this is where Scarf rats out Cottonmouth and he tells Luke that it was Cottonmouth that killed Chico but Luke does not believe him and then Luke shows how easy it would be for him to kill Scarf pretty much with his little finger because he really didn't look like he was putting any effort into that at all when he's choking Scarf it was quite scary yeah, 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 and I like that. Yeah. That Claire's kind of like, "You're not a killer," and then she's kind of like, "Are you?" Because yeah, you don't really know yeah. this guy very well, Claire. <laughs> I, I I think for Claire, she's like because um, Matt kind of primed her. Yep, she just assumes they're all like Matt. Yeah, and while Matt yeah. isn't a killer necessarily, she did see Matt drop a <laughs> fire extinguisher on someone's head, <laughs> and did see him torture a guy. So yeah, yeah you know. Um, You're not a killer, are you? No. Well, except for that one guy in prison. Exactly. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're still convinced he killed that guy in prison because, oh no, not that guy in prison. I mean, I snapped his neck and he looked like he was dead, but I'm not a killer. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Um, So Scarf says that he's willing to give Luke all the info to take Cottonmouth down. And he says all the names of the cops on Cottonmouth's payroll are in a little notebook at Scarf's apartment. But for some reason, doesn't tell him where this notebook is. Like he doesn't go. It, I know. It, it's under the floorboards. I was like, wouldn't that be more helpful? Because otherwise, Luke might be 
pottering around there for ages looking for it and get caught by the cops. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that was a weird detail. Um, well, unless unless he said, you, you know, off screen, it's under the floorboards, and Luke's just kind of like walking yeah, around maybe. trying to figure out where. That might be true. Uh, so this is, I think this is the first time we've met Mariah's kind of aide, Alex. Um, he'll, he'll show up again. Uh, and Alex and Mariah are preparing for her interview. Um, but the interviewer wants more fun. And then the interviewer makes us feel sad by talking about President Obama. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, mm. um, so Perez and Misty watch Scarf's apartment and uh, Luke manages to sneak past while they're distracted and breaks the lock and goes into the building. And this is where we get a bit of the history again of, of Scarf and Misty, where she says that uh, she left patrol 10 years ago and Scarf kind of took her under his wing and taught her everything. So she's known him 10, 10 years. Yeah. So at this point, I, I when like... when she was saying that, I was like, oh, he's going to die. He's definitely yeah. dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy. I, I liked how um, Misty kept talking about Scarf as a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a way of like, I can't believe he would do these things, but that, you know, yes, he may. I don't know about these things that he may have done, but he did good, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of showing that people aren't black and white and and sometimes that people do awful things that doesn't discount the fact that they also did some great things just yeah. like doing one good thing isn't going to discount the the fact that you've done awful things in the past and uh i kind of like that it's it's very interesting to think about you know when yeah. you realize yet yeah, somebody who did some really awful things also you know, did this this wonderful thing in helping Misty out and never, never, you know, holding her back or getting in her way or any of those other things, you know, that yeah. other cops might have done for to her. Well, like Perez kind of, I think they've mentioned it as well, that, that some of the other cops think Misty's a bit strange because of her yeah. Will Grahaming, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Perez calls her a weirdo. <laughs> but like Scarf has never really, he might tease her about it, but he's... He's never. He's always supported her. It sounds like. Yeah. It uh, wouldn't be so weird, Mist, if you just stopped saying this is my design every time. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she goes home. And she's got loads and loads of dogs. She lives in a little cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, so Luke manages to find the the hidden notebook under the floorboards. Uh, Misty at this point notices the broken door and they rush in, but Luke leaps out of the window. And I love that when they look down, uh, we hear the concrete smash. And when they look down at him, you can see there's like two little craters in the concrete <laughs> where his feet have just smashed it. And I was like, would his shoes have survived that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. The f- I, I need like uh, someone who knows physics, like to explain the physics of superheroes. I know there's a book yeah. of physics of superheroes. See, at least like with Superman, he can get away with it. The whole idea of like the radiation is that whatever's touching him is going to be be able to survive. But uh, Luke doesn't have that. <laughs> Luke's skin is as hard as diamonds. You yes. might say he's got a diamond back, Nutty. Ah. Or you might say <laughs> he has diamonds on the soles of his feet <laughs> <His> sparkly feet <laughs> mm. uh, 
So in the next scene, Luke arrives back at Pops and they uh, they head out. Um, and Claire has got Soledad to bring the catering van. Oh gosh, that is which so is great! Amazing. I love that her mum gets involved in this. It's great. Um, and then her mum's just like, okay, no problem. No, no, don't have to drop me off. I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. Have fun, okay, kids. <laughs> Have fun on your day <laughs> with the bleeding man. Um, so they're speeding off to the police headquarters while Claire's tending to scarf in the background. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then, oh, there they go now. I can hear sirens going past. <laughs> because I do live down the road from a hospital, listeners. Um, so we cut back to the live interview with Mariah and the reporter whose name's Tembi. Um, Tembi asks about Damon Boone, who um, talked about Mariah being crooked, and Mariah kind of says, nope, nope, not true. Um, Misty and Perez find the bullets at Pops that was in Scarf's thigh, and then Perez takes another call from Cottonmouth. Oh, there's more, please. We find <laughs> out that Shades is AWOL, and Zip is like, let me at him, let me at him! I want to be, I want to be the new tone! Um, he's like super keen, and Cottonmouth's like, eh, okay, fine, put a one... Hundred thousand dollar reward out to kill Scarf, which is like, what yeah. he shot him over in the first place. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'll cut a mouth. You dumb dumb. It wasn't about the money. No, it was pride. It's always pride with Cottonmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Claire's using Google Maps, I guess, uh, on her phone to direct the van. She's and totally using Google Waves, or you know, it, it, with the with the user info. Oh, there's a stop up ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drive, so I only I don't know what is the best one you would use for driving. I only know like Google Apps. I'm like, there must be a more. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're one, one if you're someone that is going to report the incidents, you would use Google Waves, which is an app where you can, you know, oh, I I see something on the road, and you put it uh. in there. Uh, but the Google Maps one just automatically takes from Waves, but yeah, it's, it's all oh. the Waves database. Oh, cool! It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, they we see that there is a car uh, of Cottonmouth's goons who spot Luke. I only know the names of two of these goons. One is called Deontay, and one is called Sea Money, which I love. Sea Money. <laughs> Deontay. <laughs> Deontay. is the guy with like the long brown hair, who mm. like. Is like no, it's gr- it's a green van, you idiot. That's Deontay, and I don't know which one C Money is. His name just came up in the subtitles. The the whole it's a green van, you know, yada yada. I'm sorry, what nobody said. Uh, it has the A train symbol on it. <laughs> no, exactly. Like it says about catering. Forget color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Uh, um, and that's not even it's not even like it's unrecognizable. These are people that live right next to the A train. Yep. They're not very bright. Ah. <laughs> and Deontay immediately starts shooting, you know, in the middle of the street. Um, so when the van stops in the alleyway, the goons approach and they start shooting it up. But, oh, no, surprises. Luke and Scarf and Claire have left because Luke's te- um, torn a hole in the side of the van and the wall. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, I thought that was cool. I wanted it to, yeah. to be like a Luke Cage shape in the wall, you know, like he'd run through it and like <laughs> left the shape behind. <laughs> I, I was expecting it was going to be one of these things where it's just like, oh, we didn't see them leave or something stupid like that, you know, like that they always pull in TV shows. Yeah. So then actually seeing the hole through the van and then into the wall, I was like, you know what? All right. I give you props. That's pretty good. 
You're going to go all um, Annie Wilkes on it, Nutty, and be like, he didn't get out of the cock a car! Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we didn't see it. <laughs> um, so, um. while this is going on, Perez and Misty here on the radio that's been shots fired. Misty's all set to go, but Perez, for obvious, obvious reasons, has been like, no, it's fine. Let's just chill out here. Whatevs. And then Misty elevates herself to my favourite character in this episode because she's freaking awesome and I love her and pretends to call Scarf and oh thus God, tricking so Perez to reveal that he is as corrupt uh, as Scarf is while also recording his confession on her phone. <laughs> I was like, I love you, Misty Knight. I love you so much. <laughs> it was weird the way he confessed, though. Yeah, it was very quick. It's like, uh, oh, wait, uh, uh, um, yeah, we're both corrupt. Uh, uh, whatever. So what? <laughs> uh, he's more corrupt than me. Yeah. Yeah, I said the, it. Mm. What do you think of that? Huh? <laughs> the, the thing about um, her recording is so much better than Scarf's notes. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, oh, I got notes. That's my evidence. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. That's your evidence? Because that's just notes. Like, yeah, I exactly. get that. They're going to correlate with, uh, you know, with the dates and and they can look the stuff up, but it's not hard evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no real com- physical evidence there. Exactly. A confession. That's hard evidence. A recorded confession, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I love Misty in the scene. Like when like Perez goes to, you know, get the gun off her and then she just overpowers him. And like, oh, it's so great. I love it. So in the interview, uh, Tembi is quizzing Mariah live. Uh, as soon as they go live, she's immediately just like turns on Mariah and is like, yeah, so your family's totally corrupt and you pretend to be all decent. But um, what was with all that money hidden at your headquarters? Uh, <laughs> what about that? Um, which I love. I really like this reporter. I think she's she's great. Like particularly when Mariah's talking about how great the little speech she gave earlier is and she's like Tempe's just kind of like uh-huh like rolling her eyes uh-huh. and of course anytime a character with the name with the words pistol and pete is mentioned i immediately think of briscoe county jr i thought matt and mel probably did as well yeah so we find out about mama mabel here that she is mariah's grandmother and that her brother-in-law was pistol pete stokes who was also very involved in uh the corruption of Harlem. Maybe they'll come up later in the show, guys. I doubt it. <laughs> Just a one-off. Uh, what do you guys think about about this turn on Mariah here, like with the report and Mariah just shutting it down and leaving? Kind of deserves it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I. It's it's interesting. Um. I think that uh, they can only get away with it because she's a city councilor. Mm-hmm. Not anything bigger. Um, who does live interviews these days? Yeah. <laughs> like, especially city councilors. Like, who does anything live, really? I mean, I, I know they didn't say New York one, but not even New York one does that. Come on. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just, um, it seems very foolish for uh, Mariah to agree to a live interview. Yeah. Uh, and, um you know, it, they kind of laid the groundwork when she said, and no one's to go upstairs, you know, just in this area. And then someone did mm-hmm. go into another area of the house. And it's like, okay, number one, that's totally wrong. You shouldn't just wander somebody's home. And number two, 
um, you obviously were concerned about it, so why didn't you have a staff, like, standing guard? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you get Zip to stand guard or something? Well, it doesn't even have to be Zip, you know, an intern, whatever. It's like, no, 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 she's not going to let you up there. This is her private home kind of a deal. Yeah. And um, I, it was, it was, uh... It was kind of foolish of her. She uh, she thought she was untouchable, and yeah, well, this is kind this of a bit like Cottonmouth, the cockiness. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I think, think they both think that they run Harlem, and they're so yeah. confident, and, you know, who knows how long they've been doing this for. I mean, obviously, Cottonmouth has been doing what he does for a long time, so they just probably think, you know, hey, they run this, and, and no one's going to touch them, and she's, mm-hmm. you know, Mariah's just like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll do a live interview, doesn't matter. No one's gonna step to me because they know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, also this kind of a thing had to happen to make her flip mm-hmm. because she's gonna go completely crazy and it's gonna be awesome and everyone's gonna be scared and she's gonna be <laughs> this awesome, awesome villain. But I think she needed something like this to really tip her over the edge. And uh, well, so even like the ending happened. of the episode as well. Yeah. You know, that's you can see that she's kind of losing it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So Claire, Scarf, and Luke uh, are still heading towards the police headquarters, but uh, Cottonsmouth's guys catch up and fire, and Luke uh, stands in the way. Um, I, it's not, sorry if it's anyone's quote. I don't think it is, but I really love the the little goon who's just kind of goes, "Yo, you should have died." It's like, what's the point in saying that? Like, uh, obviously, it just made me laugh. And what? And did they fire? What they fired like a gas canister at him or something, didn't they? Yeah, at one point, and I really thought Luke was gonna like I don't know pick it up and throw it back at them or something. Look at does that mean that the gas can't affect him or? There was no gas. They like fired a gas canister and then I was waiting for the gas to come up out of it and nothing did that I saw. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It's just like a dud gas canister. (laughs) (laughs) They're just really rubbish goons. They, they fail at everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so Scarf and Claire are almost run over by a car, uh, but Luke manages to stop it and squashes it, and it's awesome. I don't know how he was able to like fight them so fast and then just get out in time mm. for that. It just seemed like the timeline was exaggerated. We also don't see <laughs> anyone get out of that car. So I don't yeah. know who was in the car. Did he yeah. kill them? Like, did they die? Probably. No, went, they were probably knocked out. He probably went through yeah, the true. windshield and is flattened on the brick wall in the alley at, like, <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> A nice, like, Jackson Pollock on the wall, just like... Bleh. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and also, I this bit as well, like, Scarf is literally dying... But Claire and Luke still have time to like crack a little joke, and I was like, uh, "He's dying right now. Stop making <laughs> jokes. God damn it!" Uh, it's just because I was like really invested at this point as to what was happening. I was like, "Oh no! Oh my god!" Yeah. Poor Misty. Um, poor Misty. Yeah. So scarf collapses. Misty's there, and she talks to him, and he apologizes to her, and then he dies. And it's really, really sad. I got very choked up. I, I cried. Times. I cried. You cried yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Mm. I think they both play it so well, you know. Yeah. Um, But, you know, she'll be happy when he's resurrected next week by the hand. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode, I should say. Um, So, Misty, this is where we get the music um, starting that Tammy was very kind enough to tell us about earlier. Thank you, Tammy. Uh, So this is when we see Cottonmouth arrested um, by Misty and then led out of his office. um, And... 
then Mariah is questioned more by the reporters who haven't left yet because this is all going down and she finds out that um, he's been arrested and Alex throws the reporters out finally. Uh, Luke and Claire walk and talk and they're just like, huh, well, that was a, a funny day, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like, like they like just, you know, they did that and then they just carried on where they, they left off. Uh, Luke says he's done because he's done right by Pops. Um, but Claire says he can still do good and she can help. And then he asks her for coffee. Ooh, coffee. Ah. Ooh. But she says, uh, I'm not going to sleep with you. <laughs> I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I like that she knows what's up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, then we, the last scene is Misty at the station. The captain tells her that as Scarf was corrupt and he was the only one to tie everything together, um, kind of the 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 bosses are scared of how it's going to look, um, you know, and it might not all go through, so it might not, you know, we don't know how it's going to end up. And Misty's left alone in her office. End Bill of the a, episode. Bill had a point about the uh, the bosses. Ooh. Huh? Yeah. Go, Mel, oh go. yeah, it, it's like they. I love how they're they're like these two women, you know, and they're tur- they're talking about how they can't do anything, and then they turn around and look through the glass, <laughs> yeah. and it's these couple of old white dudes and I'm like fuck it's symbolism if we've ever seen it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's old white symbolism. dudes that's blatant <laughs> yeah old white yeah. dudes are the worst <laughs> yeah. and 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 these are two women with power and yeah it ju- it just goes to show what you know you 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 have the right idea you have the right intentions and the good plan but you are not the loudest and you are alone. Mm-hmm. Your way. Yeah. <laughs> Too many white, white old dudes in your way. Exactly. That that is basically the world in a pickle. Uh, <laughs> Apolo- just, yeah, apologies I'm, to all the old white dude listeners uh, listening right now. <laughs> in our way. <laughs> if, ever, if ever like uh, Tammy starts like her rap uh, thing, I want her first album to be called Too Many Old White Dudes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually gonna be uh, sucker white dudes. <laughs> uh, when are we expecting this album, Tammy? Because I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna drop off of uh, my uh, SoundCloud in uh, February of seventeen. Wow, we'll see. Yeah, wait. so it's coming up. Uh, you know, it, it's getting its final mix now, and uh, pretty happy about it. Pretty excited. Maybe we'll just. Cage season two, maybe Luke Cage season two will pick pick up a single. <laughs> That's the hope. That's why uh, the producers wanted to push it. Because uh, I said I said May. I said May seventeen. I, I really want to drop it then, but they're like, nah, Tammy, we really need it February because the producers of Luke Cage need to hear this and it needs to be on there because it's it, it, it's spot on. Suck yes. a white dudes. It, it it's gonna be a hit. <laughs> oh, I can't, can't wait. wait. Yeah. I'm going to save up all my, my iTunes credit so I can buy it day of release. Very <laughs> cool. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I will just say in, uh, in regards to this, um, so, something that I, I sometimes do, and I have done several times since um, we started covering uh, Luke Cage season one, is I think to myself, oh, I can't wait until Tammy sees episode 12. And then I kind of cackle to myself in an evil manner and uh, shake my hands at the sky and just do a maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. So I'm just saying, Tammy, I think you're going to like episode 12. 
Okay, well, I, I'm just going to make a, a, a Tammy prediction right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the back half of the show is just going to be uh, taking place in a court setting like Daredevil and the Punisher. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a singer in the court every every episode, so we still get music facts from. Yeah, the, the singer in the court, and, and then episode twelve, it's going to be uh, Kanye West. That's that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. That's Kanye uh, West. I think you mean future president, uh, president twenty twenty uh, twenty yeah. Kanye West. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely. You... Yeah, uh, Kanye West is Diamondback. <laughs> <laughs> No one was expecting it. Everyone was shocked and surprised mm. when he turned up. Okay, <laughs> so that was the episode, guys. Are you guys ready for a couple? Actually, I think there's only really one. One Easter egg. Just the one. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, there is another one, which is, oh, that was Trish on the radio. But you guys know that. <laughs> so the other one is, um, there's a reference to the Guardian Angels, which I didn't actually make a note when the reference was, but according to Den of Geek, there was a reference. Um, I don't remember that one. Huh. I don't either, but Den of yeah. Geek said it, so it must be true, I guess. Um, in the 1980s, the Guardian Angels were pro- a prominent New York City group of citizen patrollers. They wore berets and windbreakers, and they would ride the subway to deter crime. And they are still active. Are they? Wow. Yes. Uh, the founder, oh, yeah. uh, Curtis Sliwa, and uh, it was founded by him and his ex-wife, Lisa, now ex-wife Lisa, um, they're still prominent, and they have chapters that have expanded. Uh, the Guardian Angels have actually come to Canada, unfortunately. Um, they're um, very, very right-wing. And, oh, I can um, imagine, yeah. A, li- a, a bit scary. Uh, the, you may have seen the image of them in popular culture. Uh, just think of uh, Red Berets with red sateen mm-hmm. jackets. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really kind of sad. Uh but um, yeah, they're they're basically just a, a vigilante group, um, yep. and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with them, uh, a lot of lot of lot of big problems that I won't devote to uh, this show. But uh, yeah, they are still going. Um, their founder is on um, oh what is it? Uh, what it, uh, Disney owns ABC or NBC? ABC. 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 So then they're on uh, WABC. Uh, he's on WABC every morning with uh, Ron Kuby. Wow. Uh, by the way. Yeah. You know who he is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for your listeners, Ron Kuby is the first lawyer to use the defense of black rage. So it's uh, it's an interesting concept of being... Hmm? I just I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting concept, but it's 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 very scary and it's uh but it's a it's a very prescient um a, a very uh, it's a constant presence. So like if you're in New York, you know who the Guardian Angels are, you know who these people are, and uh, that there is a voice every single morning for a couple hours on the radio talking from the Guardian Angels. So wow. I, I didn't know about yeah. them, but like the description of how they dress and everything, like you said, is definitely something I've seen in popular culture. Um, yeah. But without realizing what it was. Um, yeah, but that's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. it. You'll go down a rabbit hole if you research it. It's pretty insane. And when they came to Canada, I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> What's going on with like guardian angels and clowns roaming the streets? <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah, That's scary. Um, yeah, that was your Easter egg, guys. I hope it filled you sufficiently. 
Burp. Yay, guardian angels. <laughs> so now mm. it is time for quotes. And I'm going to pass to our lovely, lovely guest, Nutty, to see if you have well, any quotes for us from this episode. It, it is the one we discussed before. Uh, Scarf makes a lot of jokes. He never smiles. Yeah, it was sad. Poor Scarf. I have one that's uh, Scarf talking to Cottonmouth. Um, I don't quite know where this came from, which is, man, your juice is water since Luke Cage punked your peacock oh. ass. I was like, <laughs> sorry, Scarf, what was that? <laughs> that came from nowhere. That, yeah. that, that shows his age. <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> uh, Tammy, do you have any quotes? Yes, uh, from Luke Cage. Uh, being hood famous is bad enough. <laughs> like that. You would one. know, Tammy. You would know. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough being hood famous because people think it's great, but 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 you know those dollars haven't rolled in yet because you know album hasn't dropped on iTunes yet, and uh, <laughs> you know people people have their hand out all the time, Claire. Not you, but I'm just saying in general. Mm-hmm. Hood famous, it's tough. It's not all it's cracked up to be friends. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's a that's a life lesson for you guys, listeners. Yep. Mm-hmm. Free of charge from Speak Defenders of Podcast. <laughs> uh, Matt. Uh, my quote is from Misty Knight on her kinky relationship with Scarf. He has had my front <laughs> and my back. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember that. I was a bit like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Would it be worse if she she said he's been all over my front and my back? <laughs> <laughs> and Perez like just missed the perfect. That's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> and he's the kind of guy that would would say that. Uh, he totally yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Melanie. Well, speaking of Perez, I have a quote from him. Oh, I know <laughs> which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> My ex-wife took all my money, but she still wants the dick. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh. So, and then doesn't Misty follow up by saying, oh, I'm glad that chivalry isn't dead or something like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right. Uh, does anyone else have any quotes? I have one left. Um, I had one. I have. Oh. Now, cuff yourself, you oh. piece of shit. I was like, yay, Misty, I love you. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, I did have, like, the, the little exchange between um, Luke Cage and Mariah. Your new VH1 show, Criminal Spencers? Who are you calling a Spencer? I'd wear your narrow ass out. <laughs> and all I could think is, narrow? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, it's uh, narrower when again, he's clenching, you see. You see that yes, too. yes, that's that's what's, why it's so narrow. Yeah. yeah. So she'd wear it out and get the suppository in there. There you go. <laughs> um, but again, Luke talking about women's age. What's the deal? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and I did, I did happen to remember one other thing. Uh, there, somebody talks about, somebody mentions Fisk. Oh, at the it's, end of the episode. Um, the boss, uh, I think. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, the boss, the captain, yeah, yeah. because she says about police mm-hmm. corruption. She says mm-hmm. there was Fisk, and now there's Cottonmouth. Yeah, and that, that it's scaring them, and they don't want all these things to happen. So, you know, that's that's another little reference that we. Uh, yeah, I don't think can't him. get enough mentions of Fisk because, you know, he's awesome. <laughs> he <is. laughs> um, I can't oh God, wait until he appears in two episodes' time. Same... Sorry? Sorry? I can't <laughs> wait until uh, Kingpin appears in two episodes' time, guys. 
I was just going to say, could you imagine Cottonmouth and Fisk being in the same jail? Oh, it'd be so good. Uh, oh, man. Oh, Team, up. <laughs> Team up. Team mm-hmm. up. Um, right, well, now we've done quotes, it's time for feedback. You know what I'm going to say? Mel. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one, uh, this email from Sedna actually has a subject line, which I'm including, I'm pasting as well. I think it's very, very relevant for this week. There you go, this is from Sedna. <laughs> uh, so the top part is the... Is the subject line. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shitting crikey cluster cunt fuck have you done America? That is just episode six. (laughs) And then there's like an X, and then there's her name and her email, (laughs) which I won't read out loud. (laughs) She said this seven hours ago, Mm -hmm. and then it says to me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why it says to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) She just just sends herself her thoughts on Luke Cage. Yeah, to me. I like this episode. <laughs> it's like she's like, she's got like a person that transcribes her thoughts, but it's herself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Mama Mabel situation. She's Mama Mabel and Sedna. Sedna, sit, and Mama Sedna. Mama Sedna, <laughs> Mama Sedna says, <laughs> Yay, Trish Talk! As a superhero, sis BFF herself, she's the voice of reason here. When we get characters showing up from other series, it makes me so excited about the Defenders mm-hmm. lapping up any shooting gossip, i.e. not much yet. Can't wait to see them all interact. It's going to be so awesome! <laughs> Finally, Bobby and Luke realize they're a bit stuck running a barbershop when neither of them barber. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, Mariah's fucking cold. Does the N have gills? Drown him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, she's so cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, Captain, not Kima, Scarf was their best. Just as he's on his way away, oh, just as he's on his way out, they drop in his heartbreaking accidental gun death kid backstory in case we didn't care about him. We didn't? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he's going to die once you start, you know, they say, oh, by the way, this is why you should care about this character. Like they did with yeah. Pop's flashback, you know, you're like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> Yeah. And how lucky is it that Luke just picked up Nurse Claire? She can perform minor surgery and deliver moral rectitudes into the bargain. She's got a man with a van. (laughs) Man with a van. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Misty. Perez is benter than Scarf. Surely you can spot those piss-poor diversionary tactics. Nice takedown, though. With a swift, lucky subterranean escape, a car stop even more impressive than Jessica Sandwich Jones's car. <laughs> he did. The sandwich <laughs> saved me. Aw, in scarf he did. Cottonmouth's yeah. arrested yeah. in slow mo with a guard of honor of prosies. Oh Rise yeah, looking- I forgot about them all standing in the background with their arms up. All these ladies. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that too. Um. Mariah's implicated, and Claire, you you so do want to get coffee with Luke. You know me so well, Sedna. <laughs> Are these happy endings? We're not even halfway through. Yeah. Thank you, Sedna. Mama Sedna. I, uh, yeah, we're not even halfway through. What's going on, guys? Yeah, what do you guys think about that? The fact that 
we're yeah, we're not even halfway through. Where can the show go from from here? Where, Nutty? Where? Well, I've already said it. We got rid of Cottonmouth, <laughs> so now we got Black Mariah. I mean, this is mm. this is gonna be awesome. I like this idea of, and it's kind of like the way that um, the second season of Daredevil went, is we had like a, a, a beginning, of a first half of the season arc, mm-hmm. and then a second half of the season arc. So, yeah. Mm, Good storytelling, I think. Mm, we'll have to see. Um, maybe it will turn out that Bobby Fish is the villain all along. <gasps> Bobby Fish is Diamondback. <laughs> well, that'd be amazing. Okay, so uh, now it's time to rate this episode and decide what we thought of it. And as always, I'm going to go to our very special guest first, Nutty. What would you like to give this episode? Oh, I liked it a lot. Um, it's it's you know it's kind of like what Mel said in a couple episodes back. It's really hard to um, rate them individually. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them I could definitely rate easily, but it's. It's tricky because there is so much is dependent on what came before and what came after, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's not my favorite episode, but I do think it's it's definitely um, one of the better episodes. It was very exciting. Loved having Claire in there. So I'm going to give this nine out of ten. Very obvious A train catering vans it says a train on it who cares if it's green or blue (laughs) cool um tammy (laughs) yeah i i really enjoyed the episode um you know not enough uh shots uh, of luke cage's package obviously for me but can there ever be you obviously talking about Um, the little book that he gets from scarf yeah of course yeah yeah. package um (laughs) But I, you know, it, 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 you know, some of the stuff was obviously a little bit obvious. Um, like, you know, obviously, you know, Scarf is going to die and whatever. But I thought it was a, a good episode, and it kind of, you know, like Nutty said, it kind of, you know, made that first half kind of wrapped it up in a nice little package. Um, so I gave it uh, eight out of ten black coffee served in a diamond studded cup of Luke Cage dicks. <laughs> I think you just broke my brain. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh Matt. Um Mel's drawing in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh I liked it a lot. Um yes, it's getting harder to distinguish between episodes. I like most of them pretty much equally, except for that prison episode. Uh, crazy, that was an awesome episode. <laughs> I just don't like prison things. Uh I'll give it 8.5 out of 10 dusty old bitches. <laughs> Was that an 8? Uh, that's a good rating system. 8.5. 8.5, okay. Cool. Um, Melanie? Well, I verily enjoyed this episode. <laughs> verily. Doth you verily enjoy the <laughs> Or something? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like all these tough, tough ladies dishing it out. You know, that's just, man, that's just awesome. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it just gives me hope for all the tough ladies out there. <laughs> Keep on being tough. Yeah. <laughs> so I am going to give it a 9.5 out of 10 tough fucking bitches. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I, yeah, I really like this episode. I don't think it's the 
Um, I don't think it's my my favourite episode, but like, I think like Daredevil season one is the only season where I knew my favourite episode from watching it once. I was like, this one. The rest of the series, I found it really hard to pinpoint a favourite episode. But I think it's a great episode. Um, Yeah, lots of awesome badass ladies, which is great. I love Misty in this episode. Uh, I love Claire's mum. She's great. Uh, I like what they did with Scarf, even though some of it was a bit predictable because I watch too much TV. Um, you can, you know, predict certain points, uh, certain beats with with the uh, with the characters sometimes. Uh, so I am going to give it eight point five out of ten Swiss cheese shirts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives it an eight point seven out of ten, which might be our highest rated episode if I actually made note of all the episodes going along before we actually get to the finale but i don't so i'll tell you in a few weeks as i said i'm a very lazy host (laughs) okay only only nerds care about stats Uh, nerds (laughs) 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 well we are here talking about (laughs) a television show (laughs) Ah. <laughs> while I'm sitting wearing a Harry Potter vest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, lovely Nutty. Yes. Thank you for joining us again. It's always a Thank pleasure. You for Never me, a chore. You're welcome. <laughs> um, where can people find you in your awesomeness? Uh, you can go at, to nimlas.org, n i m l a s.org, where you can find the Nutty Bites podcast, which. Uh, was a once monthly podcast, but now it is going to be a twice monthly podcast Yay. because we reached our first goal on Patreon, which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a show about geek stuff. So, you know, we have debates and panel discussions about all things geeky. And uh, this month we talked about fictional families. And uh, the second episode that will be coming out is uh, we're also doing an intro cast there. Uh, intro to Studio Ghibli. Oh, nice. And, uh, we covered Kiki's delivery service this month. Oh, awesome. That'll be coming out at the end of the month. Fine. It's such a cool it's... episode, and I've had so much fun every time I've been on it. Mel loves Ghibli. I do. Ghibli. I, I am falling in love with Ghibli as well. Um, I am a newbie. Uh, my husband is a newbie, and uh, oh, wow. Jason and Jen from the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast, who you, uh, li- your listeners have heard Jason on this show, mm-hmm. uh, they are our guides. Which I one are you doing you. next? Uh, uh, Porco Rosso, oh. which uh, Tech and I have decided is um, a Charlotte's Web version of the Red Baron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so closer than you realize. <laughs> Do you guys have guests on this? Uh, not normally, uh, but <laughs> we've like, only done me, two episodes, me. so <laughs> um, we we might we might pull a guest on if if the guest gives us a good enough reason. Um, no, blame Wizards of the Heart. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were going to have a guest on. Uh, the first episode was my neighbor Totoro. Uh, <gasps> we were going to have a guest on because this particular person runs a uh, like a social media thing, the Traveling Totoros, uh, mm-hmm. but they were not comfortable being on mic. So. Aww. That would be a good name for a band, the Traveling Totoros. Yeah, yeah. They're really great. If you go, like, on Tumblr or Instagram or whatever, it's these Totoros, and they're just showing up all over the world and uh, doing things. Aww. And going to conventions That's and fun. stuff. It's really That's cute. so adorable. <laughs> mm. 
So yeah, um, you can find all that stuff at nimlast.org, including like all the links to stalk me on social media. Fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so lovely co-hosts as well. Uh, have you guys been up to anything this week? Any update on the Twin Peaks podcast, Matt? No. Uh, we should be recording our review of the book on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Mel's uh, reactions again. Yeah. <laughs> we still have four discs to get through. I, I still haven't even started it, but I promise I will. But I do also suggest that after that you do the Twin Peaks cookbook, and therefore you get to make lots of awesome food. Oh my god, do I have to like cook every single thing in there? Yes. <laughs> and there's about a thousand recipes. I bet. Oh god. <laughs> Lots of recipes for donuts and pie, as you can imagine. I'll just be eating pie for like the next three months. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love pie, but not that much. <laughs> you guys in in North America are so lucky that you have amazing sweet pie, because we don't really have sweet pie over here. We tend to what? have more savoury pie. Well, we have some sweet pie, but we have more savoury pie. Like, you have pie as a dinner, but you guys have, like, all the sweet pies that we don't have. Yeah, their pies are more like pot pies. So yeah. it's more like a meat pie. Yeah, yeah like a Which, meat pie. Which, by the way, herring and pumpkin pie, no, I never want to eat it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten that I'm obsessed over this. It's it's a, a bit in Kiki's delivery service, and I, just, oh. I can't get it out oh. of my head. I forgot no. that. Oh. <laughs> we have over here eel pie, which... Mm, yeah. mm. What's the one that you guys have, like, the the whole pie gets done, and it's it's really a single-serving pie, and then they inject it with lard? Uh. Oh, um, like a pork pie, maybe? It's something like that, but, the, like, it can only be made in, like, one county or something. Oh, it was on how stuff gets made or whatever. And uh, I saw it, and I was like, I'm never eating that. That looks disgusting. You have things like, there's a pork pie, but there's also the other version, which I can't remember the name of it, which is like a pork pie that has, like, a hard-boiled egg in the middle of it. And I just look at it, and my arteries tighten, you know. It's just like, (laughs) But, yeah, we don't have that many sweet pies over here, and that makes me sad. I feel like all the old-world recipes have, like, some form of lard in there anyways. (laughs) It's just always, like, lard and potato and wheat here's a fun fact about uh the town i live in the town next to me um i think about 150 years ago there was a serial killer who lived in the town next to me who used to kill her victims and boil their bodies up and use the um the lard the fat that was made as dripping uh in in um recipes and use it in pies and things there's a fun fact about my Pretty much like Mrs. Lovett, yeah. So there's a fun fact about where I live, you know. You're like Sweeney Todd or something? Yeah, yeah. Sweeney Todd in the town next to mine. Yeah. Uh, bring that back to Marvel. This is also the same town in which Joss Whedon and all the Avengers stay in when they film the Avengers in the UK. Weird. Oh. Yeah, very strange. So, um, Tammy, have you been up to anything? Or like a, another podcast perhaps that you appear on that you is coming to an end this week? Ah, you know, regrettably, I have to say, uh, it's X-Files. I can't believe uh, it's over. It's Almost. been... One, one more uh, episode, Tammy, one more episode. Yeah. Well, you know, after this, I mean... Um, but yeah, it, it's real sad, Claire. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Um, David Duchovny, love it. Why won't you love me? Yeah, of course, you know, Brad, <laughs> always... Uh, but David Duchovny, 
Yeah. Um, suggestion though, because we don't want it. We don't want it to end. We know we don't want the X Files podcast to end. So, so how about how, how about this for intro to X? What mm-hmm. if we um, review um, some of David Duchovny's other work, such as his uh, album that his book uh, came out in Dairy the summer? Tale. Well, um, yeah, his book, uh, but also he he has a a rock album that came out, uh, I believe, this summer, this past summer. So, um, Tammy, it's, it's a tempting, it's a tempting offer. Um, I think I, I'm I'm going to have to make an executive decision and say that I'd rather go through the last uh, two days of uh, my Facebook feed uh, again than uh, cover a lot more of David Duchovny's work. Really, because I I, I was thinking um, each episode we cover one song. And it, it'll probably be like a two-hour. Or episode. Intro to X, we could it's each brilliant. week we could review a song by the punk band X. How about that? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I I prefer David Duchovny and, mm. and and his his lyrical stylings. Mm. Okay, well, there actually will be another project after Intro to X finishes this weekend, which is super secret. More details on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I so, can't wait. <laughs> so next week guys we are covering the episode manifest what do you think is going to happen what is going to manifest will it be mama mabel from within black mariah and she's going to split her open like that scene at the end of the fly where jeff goldblum is split open and becomes a fly monster hmm? Hmm? yes <laughs> it's everything up until the fly bit <laughs> i want her uh, to start growing hairs like hard fly hairs out of her back <laughs> it just like pour like she like grabs a coffee and just pours like tons and tons of sugar in there <laughs> no it's going to be an episode we're going to follow a random um harbor harbor uh pier worker and he's just going to go through the manifest of items <laughs> of come into harbor and he's just going to make sure they're all there <laughs> and uh yeah it'll be exciting it's just going to be like a shot of like uh, a list being checked off yeah bit by bit <laughs> yeah it's going to be very arty very minimalist <laughs> yes <laughs> take the show in an unusual direction yes <laughs> awesome well nutty as you are our special guest you get to take us out with an excelsior or a sweet christmas or whatever you like really oh. <clears throat> sweet christmas Aw, thanks guys. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) It will always be sweet Christmas. I love that line. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!